Hello, beautiful ladies. I'm really excited to talk to you. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Be Gone. This is episode 15 of Journey to Organization. Um, I got some great voicemails this week and I'm excited to go through them with you. Um, a lot of people had some questions about stuff this week. Not so much time management this week. Um, I want to tell you guys about something that I'm doing. Uh, first of all, um, Chag Sameach. Um, I'm having Akira Sabayas run this episode early because uh, of Yom Tov. Um, we only have one day here in Israel. Yay! I think that might have been the reason I actually made Aliyah. <laughs> um, it makes Yom Tov so much more pleasant only having one day. Um, I'm really, really excited to tell you guys something that I've been doing. Um, I got together um, with a bunch of other ladies and um, we are doing a women's summit for Shavuot. And um, I'm working with Chaya Hinda Allen and Faye Pollock and Rena Reiser. And the four of us are releasing uh, talks about, excuse me, we're releasing talks about different topics related to Shavuot. So my topic is waste, obviously, and organization. Um, I believe Chaya Hinda is speaking about parenting. Uh, Fagi is speaking about marriage, as she does. And Rina is speaking about a healthy relationship with food. Um, Chaya Hinda is going to be releasing a, a live talk on, um, I believe, Sunday evening uh, at 7 p.m. in Israel. Uh, so that's about... I think uh, 12 Eastern Standard Time in New York. Um, and after that, uh, she is going to give a, away a recording and she's giving away a guided imagery and Fagi and Rena and I are all giving away things um, on the summit and in addition to the talks, the links that you can download. I understand that not some of you, all of you feel comfortable with that method. Um, this is the way this uh, particular summit is going to be working. You have to go online. Unfortunately, I don't have the link because it's not live yet. It won't be live till Sunday evening. Um, but if you're interested in it, um, if you feel comfortable, send me an email at Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at balagonbegon.com, and I'll make sure that you get sent the links. Um, you can also leave me a voicemail uh, with an email address where I can send your links. Please speak slowly <laughs> um, and spell because sometimes um, I don't always hear, sometimes the recordings are not always clear and it's really hard for me to hear what people are saying to me. So please, um, like if you say your email, just repeat it again. Um, if you don't get a link before Shavuot and you still want to hear the, the classes afterwards, then um, send me an email after um, Shavuot and I'll get you the links. I think the information will still be uh, relevant. Um, each class is about 30 minutes and I really think that everybody listening can really hear really wonderful 
insightful things about Shavuot and parenting and marriage, all related. Um, and I'm really, I'm so excited to, to really do this. We were really hoping to do a live, um, a live summit here in Israel and, and webcast it, but uh, the timing sort of shifted for a bunch of us and this was Hashem's will. So <laughs> um, it's, you know, Tov. This is the way it worked out and it's going to be amazing. So again, if you want to and feel comfortable emailing me, please email me, Rebecca at balagambigon.com. Uh, if not, leave me a voicemail with a way that I can email you the links. Um, I want to just, before I start like answering your questions, I want to uh, tell you guys something that happened to me this week. Um, I had a car accident and Baruch Hashem, I'm, I'm okay. It's just, I have a lot of damage to my car, but it's fine. And I was thinking to myself, like, why? <laughs> why did this happen? And it really um, sort of messed up my week. It was uh, my first time having a car accident here in Israel. Thank God, my first time, hopefully my last time also, Bezrat Hashem. Um, and I was going through like the things in my head, like, like what, what caused this? And the thing is, is for me, it's really hard because the rules are different here. Um, my Hebrew is okay, but these are a whole new set of wor words and a whole new set of challenges that I don't really, I don't, I don't know these words. <laughs> I don't know all the words for all the problems with the car, or the parts of the car um, that I know in English. Um, I actually happen to know quite a bit about cars because I'm interested in cars. I think they're cool. And um, so I actually taught myself quite a bit about cars, but to me making the transfer to the Hebrew or speaking to the mechanic or dealing with the insurance, dealing with the insurance agent was really, really challenging. And um, uh it was a really, really hard um, experience for me. And I was thinking to myself, I remember something that Chai Hinda um, taught me was that when things in your home break, it means you have too much. Now, I told you that this year, I'm working really, really hard to um, get rid of an additional 2017 items in my home. And it's proving to be really difficult because I already felt like I was at a very bare, bare minimum. Um, and I don't really feel like I can necessarily, my kid, I feel like my kids need to purge for themselves and they do and they, and they have been, um, and they've been really good about it. But a lot of the stuff that we have together in the total cheshbon belongs to them. Um, and then I have, <laughs> I have something that belongs to me. My, my great aunt uh, used to collect teacups and I have beautiful teacups and saucers that I share which with uh, I'm sorry uh, they were gifts uh, well they were a Yerusha really um, and I use them every single week on Shabbos um, but I don't have any real attachment to them except for that they were Yerusha I actually have a set of teacups that belong to my china pattern and I keep saying to my husband like Let's, let's pass them on. Let's pass them on. And he's like, oh, but everybody thinks they're so neat and cool. And um, so to that, I just want to say there was a lady who sent me an email and told me that this is a problem that she has with someone in her home. 
Um, if you're listening, um, which I'm sure you are, <laughs> um, it's definitely an issue. I wrote you my thoughts about it, what you said in a said to me in a private email, and so I won't repeat them here, but I'll tell you that like, while my husband is really, really great at decluttering, um, and he's like, yeah, sure, we don't need it, let's go, let's pass it on. Um, it definitely, there are points that, you know, I wanna do something that he thinks is extreme, or he wants to do something that I think is extreme, and um, it's definitely like um, a balancing act. That's really what it is. And um, speaking of balancing acts, I think that that is like really, um, that's really what we do with our things. We, we, we balance our things. I kind of looked at it as like, okay, I have more than 6,000 shekels worth of damage, which is approximately $1,500 on my car. Um, and I'm gonna lose the 650 shekels, which is another, I don't know, $250 or something like that, um, on the deductible, and my insurance premium is gonna go up. But what does that mean? Like, it's just money. I'm okay, Baruch Hashem. I don't really have any aches or pains. Um, I believe that at some point it's some it's a la having this loss um for lack of a better word is going to allow me to have more in a future gain so from an organizational standpoint it it's not really related maybe it is i mean the amount of things that i have um Oh, did I even say the story that Chaya Hinda said? She said that a, a man went to his rav. Everything was breaking in his house. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everything was breaking in his house. And he went to his rav and, and his rav said, oh, it just means you have too much stuff. So maybe I have too much stuff. <laughs> I think we're pretty, you know, bare bones here. I mean, there is stuff we could do better at. But um, to me... It's like, I don't know, it's some rebalancing that I need. And it could be completely unrelated to things. That's totally possible. My friend said to me, maybe you didn't give enough tzedakah, which is funny and ironic because actually lately I've been extra careful and I even read a book about <laughs> the halachot of Truma and Maser. Um, and I've been like even paying more and more attention. So maybe that's why. Maybe I've been paying more attention to Tzedaka and, and I actually made a mistake. That's totally possible. Maybe I have some other Kapara and it's really not related to organizing. But I think the part of this story that is related to organizing was I was dropping my son off at B'nai Akiva, my oldest son off at B'nai Akiva, and I had my two twins in the car. <laughs> I guess that automatically means they're twins if I say I had the twins in the car. Um, and the twins were with me. Uh, the guy hit me. I pulled off the road. I had a flat tire. I obviously had to change the tire before I could move anywhere. Um, and I had to think fast in a, in a situation um, that was completely disorganized. And I had to become organized 
in an emergency situation. And one thing that I notice with my clients is that it's really, really hard for them to turn those, turn, do a whole about face. Like, hey, I have an emergency. What do I do? How do I organize myself so that I can get through this? Um, obviously, we say, Hashem, please help us. But in the end, we have to do our hishtadlut. Like, we have to work hard to to turn the situation also around for ourselves and just pray that God's going to help us, but we still have to do the work. And so I finally got a hold of my husband and he came to where we were and he, he took the twins so I could finish changing the tire. Um, actually, the person who hit me, this is totally an only in Israel story. The person who hit me um, helped me change his tire. Um, uh, and he was actually struggling getting the tire totally free. And a bus driver saw us stopped the whole bus, got out, and took the tire off. It was like totally crazy. He's like stopped traffic and everything. So it was, that was a really nice, um, like, Klai Yisrael moment. Um, but in that moment, you know, it was like I had a whole ruined day the next day. And it really shook me up because the guy who hit me, even though he helped me change my tire, he wasn't actually really that nice about the whole situation. He felt that I was at fault and I felt that he was at fault. And the thing is, is that I was really just shaken up. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I don't know the rules in Israel as well as I know the rules in America. I'm still um, a new immigrant. And from an organizational standpoint, I... I had to try to picture how my day could flow. So I knew that right away, you know, um, my, we had all eaten dinner, so that was at least taken care of, Baruch Hashem. And the kids knew they were going home with their dad and they were getting straight in the shower and I drove my car home and um, I, I also went straight in the shower and I took some Advil and I got into bed and everyone got into bed and it was fine. And the next morning I was still feeling like shaken up and but I had like some definite words with Hashem to, to please help me <laughs> but it was just like it was easier for me to roll with it when I realized Hashem was helping me like I can turn and and face the day more easily when and, and I'm an organized person when I stop to think that it's not really in my control. So I can organize my time. My husband's grandmother always says to me, you know, uh, you man plans and God laughs. It's true. It's true. But the thing is, is when we know the plan, even if it deviates from the plan, um, we can better manage when deviations happen. And so... I knew, so this happened Tuesday night, I knew that on Wednesday I was going to have a mess of a day and I was really, really glad that I had um, taped my uh, Akara Sabayas early because I definitely wouldn't have been able to do it if I waited till Wednesday to do it. Um, and I ended up having to spend the morning on the phone with the insurance and then I had to take the car to the garage and I had to spend, I spent two hours at the garage signing the forms. Um, and it was a total waste of time, and I was really spent and burnt out after it. But my friend took me, and he sat with me the whole time. And he, 
Like, I just felt like even though I had to change my schedule and roll with the punches, I could do it. And I think what happens to my clients a lot of times when this, when these kind of things happen, I deal with a lot of ladies like one-on-one coaching um, over um, um, Skype chatting or WhatsApp or Google Hangouts, any way. And um, the, the thing that I see most that's holding people back from being organized is Emuna. There's just like a, yes, there is a certain level of skill that goes along with being organized. I agree. I don't think everybody is naturally organized, but like I've said before, I think organization is a learned skill. I, I truly believe that. I truly believe we can, we can learn how to be organized. It takes time. It takes a long time. I, I'm not going to discount how long it takes. It takes time to be organized and to learn the skill of organization. But, and this is a big but, it's much easier to be organized when you have faith that there's something more than you helping you. And when you can just say, especially in a time of like a crisis or an emergency, like I'm turning this over to Hashem, like, you can think you're releasing the burden from yourself and you can focus on the organization. And this is so, one of my clients always says to me, I lose the time. I don't know where it goes. I understand. We all lose time sometimes. Um, things just take longer than we think, or we can't really use, utilize the time that we have in a certain place, or I don't know. It, it happens. Time Time is elusive. You can never get it back, and yet we're not that careful with it. But when she says that to me, I say to her, just remind yourself that Hashem keeps you organized. Hashem's keeping you on schedule. Let him handle it. He could do it. You focus on the details, but let him manage the overall situation. Feel like Hashem is delegating to you what you need to do. And that's it. And he has control over the rest of it. And he's going to oversee. He's the project manager. And he's going to oversee. And he can do it. And I think just to sort of back up from last week when we were talking about time management. Okay. I can tell you. Write it down. And that is super valuable. (laughs) Keep a notebook and write it down. Because... I cannot remember everything. I mean, I take very detailed notes when you guys leave me a voicemail and I have a spreadsheet and I mark each class what I speak about. And even though I write down exactly what I say, well, not exactly what I say, but the general topics and outlines of what I say from week to week, I still can't remember what I said. So (laughs) writing it down is definitely important. And it's important to... um, It's important. Um, Anyway, I want to say that Hashem is in control of our time. We can, there are obviously things that we should do to manage our time as best as we can, especially in a non-emergency situation. But when we have an emergency situation, it's really important to remember Hashem is there and he's managing our time. Okay, so... (laughs) 
Um, one thing I didn't hear in any voicemail was um, if anybody tracked their time this week. Nobody told me. So I still want you to please, 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 please track your time. Um, cause I, I want to know, I want to know how you're spending your time and I want to, I would love an example if someone could send me an example of, you know, how they're spending their time and we can analyze it and see where we can make ourselves more efficient. Um, okay. So now that I told you that and just spent 20 minutes telling you that, um, I want to go through the voicemails that I got this week. Um, Related to time management, Miriam called me and said that after Shabbos every week, she sits down and she does menu planning, makes a shopping list, she makes supper every morning, and I think that's super great. Kudos to Miriam. Um, she is forcing herself to organize her time, and it's a really nice feeling when your time feels organized, even if you don't always get done you at least know that there's a plan. So she knows what she has to purchase for food. She knows what she's gonna make. This is also really great because um, when you make a shopping list, you have less waste of food. You have less waste of money. So if you have an overall menu planning session with yourself and you know how much proport, how many proportion, how many proportions, how much proportion, how much of each item you need in proportion to the recipe and you've doubled it or tripled it or whatever, um, you have less waste because you've planned out your food accordingly. Uh, and you know, maybe you'll have leftovers. You could freeze them or someone will take them for lunch. But the point is, is like, Sometimes, you know, we definitely find fruit at the bottom of the fridge that's been there for a while. <laughs> so, you know, it's nice to, to really plan what you're going to need, how much in an average you go through in a week and take notes from week to week. That's great. Miriam, I hope that you're keeping all this information um, neatly together in an organized folder or a binder or a notebook. Um, Miriam also said to me that the hamper is never empty. This is a proverbial problem of all women that I meet everywhere. Uh, the hamper is never empty. The, the second you wash all your clothes, you still have to wash the clothes that you were wearing. Don't be discouraged by the fact that the hamper is never empty. It's true, the hamper is never empty. But the thing is, is that as long as the washing machine is working, you can do the laundry. So, um, I mean, here in Israel, we have small appliances. I have only a seven kilo washer, which is um, 14 pounds which is on the smaller side of an average U.S. washer. Um, I mean, it, it's much smaller than an average U.S. washer. I, I don't know how many gallons a U.S. washer is, but um, I would say my mother's washing machine is like, okay, I'm five foot 10 and I have to actually physically push myself into the washing machine to reach whatever was on the bottom. And certainly in, in my washing machine here in Israel, I, I don't have to do that. Um, I actually, my mother is much shorter than me and I have no idea how she reaches the bottom of the washing machine. Um, it's true. It's never empty. So don't stress about it. Um, but the truth is, is when you have less clothes, you're doing smaller loads. Um, and most newer washers have like a, a feature where you can choose the size of the load and it will put in the amount of water accordingly. Um, and it's it's okay to do the laundry. Um, 
I, like I said, I, I don't have that much clothes, so I actually have to really do the laundry about every fourth day for myself. Um, but I don't mind. I have really little cleanup in between because, you know, I'm going to wear it again really soon. <laughs> so, uh, to me, that's why having less is better. Um, as we talk about laundry, um, I, I couldn't catch the lady's name. The first part of the message was a little bit garbled. A lady called me from England um, regarding what I said about um, vinegar in your um, rinse cycle. So I've never, ever, 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 ever had a problem in about eight years of using vinegar in my washing machine um, with any of my clothes having a vinegar smell. Um, I put the vinegar, um, how much you put will depend on the size of your washer. Like I said, I have a small washer, so about a quarter of a cup or half a cup, depending on the size of the washer, um, into the rinse cycle section. Um, if you have to put in the fabric softener into a special section, like when the light goes on in the cycle, that's when you would put the vinegar in. Um, it's not a good idea to mix the vinegar with the fabric softener. Um, just an FYI, most people that I know say that washing powders are not good for the washing machine. The problem is, is washing liquids are kind of bad for the environment, but they're better for the longevity of the machine. Um, so use washing liquid because it's better for the machine, which um, the reason why washing liquid is not as good for the environment as washing powder is because the liquid takes a lot, a lot of fuel to ship to people, but the powder weighs less and takes less resources to make. But because the liquid is better for the machine than the powder, the machine will last longer and the machine probably takes a lot more effort to make than making the liquid. So. Um, I hope that answers your question. Um, she also um, said that her sister saves everything um, because she thinks she may need it. This happens to me a lot. My clients say, I can't throw that away. <laughs> I might need it. Um, you might. You might need it. But... If you need it, don't you have something else in your house that's suitable? Um, I mean, I know that like, if my peeler breaks, let's say, I keep a peeler in the house. I think it's kind of totally useless. I personally never use it. I peel everything with a knife, but my kids use it. And so it's a way for me to get my kids to help. Um, if my peeler broke tomorrow, would I be that sad? No, I would just use a knife. Like. It's not a big deal. We always have something in our house that we can substitute. And if we don't have a substitute for it, maybe we didn't really need it. Um, maybe we did. I don't know. I'm not clairvoyant, but um, maybe we can borrow it from a friend. That's a super good idea. Um, so maybe just remind your sister that Hashem gives you all the bracha that you need. And remember that Hashem gives you bracha and um, yeah, I want to talk about Chava because Chava was, um, really made me happy. Um, she said she's motivated to downsize now from listening. Um, she really enjoys everything, life more. 
because she has less toys and books and clothes. She had so much, she said, in her china closet that she didn't like, and she got rid of a lot of it, and she feels so much happier because now her china closet is more organized, has more air flowing through it. It just um, feels great. She told me she took everything out of her very narrow coat closet and put the things she didn't need for the season in the back and put the things she didn't need for the season in the front, and call it She told me, this is so important, it didn't take her as long as she thought it was. She was motivated, she was focused, and she did it. Really, um, I wanna say that to what Chava did, um, it's important for you to rotate things seasonally. Um, that helps keep you organized. If you're going through your closet every season, Chava moved the rain gear forward and the winter coats back. Um, if you're going through your closet every season, that's great because um, it's a good time to do it. It's a good time to clean out. It's a good time to switch the, the different kinds of clothes. Um, it's funny, in Zero Waste Home, she lives in California and she, um, she doesn't really have, uh, I mean, she doesn't have the issues of snoot. So like, <laughs> if she's wearing a tank top, she doesn't care that she's wearing a tank top. Um, if I'm wearing a tank top, I wear a shirt underneath it. So I care that I'm wearing a tank top, which means I have to have two shirts instead of the one. I probably would never ever buy the tank top just because I don't want to wear two shirts. But the thing is, is it was so strange because she just didn't seem to have like coats or jackets or, and here in Israel, you totally need a winter coat and you need a spring coat. Um, like the seasons change rapidly, but sometimes it's just cool. And sometimes it's really cold and, I mean, I know in the U.S. you need that too, so I'm not really sure what she did about the coats. Maybe in California you really don't need it. I don't know, but um, changing, shifting seasons is really a great time to, um, to take out those uh, things and switch them around. She asked for tips on kids and cleaning up. If I had any, I would tell them to you, Chava. <laughs> um, my kids have, yeah, not wanted to clean up lately. Um, the truth is, is there's not that much for them to clean up. They keep their toys in their room. Um, I don't know. I'm looking around my room right now. There's actually nothing on the floor except for my daughter's shoes. Nothing. Um, I mean, the chairs are a little bit askew and they can be pushed into the table, but, and there's a few things left over on the table, like one glass of water and two books and a phone, but there's nothing else out. <laughs> there, <laughs> it's weird. There's nothing to tidy. Um, and that just comes from having less stuff and getting the kids to tidy. I mean, before dinner, I definitely tidied the table before dinner. And my son left his shoes and socks under the table because I don't know why he thinks it's a good place for them, but it's not. And I told him that like 10,000 times. Um, Tove, you just got to keep telling them. <laughs> um, and lead by example. Keep your stuff tidy and they'll understand how to do it too. Um, okay. I don't know who this was. She didn't leave her name. A lady is moving with a proper into an apartment with a proper laundry room. What is necessary and what is not? Um, that's a really great uh, question. So actually, uh, we talked about this in my online group this week uh, or last week actually. Um, 
And the things that are needed for a proper washing machine room depend really on the size of the room. That's the truth. Um, the size of your room will determine whether you should get a stacking laundry machine, like, you know, one on top of the other or side by side. I'm actually partial to the stacking because I think it leaves more free space and um, those machines are usually a bit smaller. Um, so I know that doesn't sound like it's great for a larger family, but actually, um, I actually like the concept of doing like two small loads every day because then it's a lot more manageable and it doesn't seem to build up as much. So that's going to really have to be a personal preference. The larger machines aren't really designed to stack, but what you can do if you have a larger machine is build a platform so that you can, um, have some storage underneath the machines, like maybe um, for extra boots or something like that, something that's like low shoes or suitcases. Um, um, suitcases, I don't know why I even said that. No, if, if you have no other place to put the suitcases, put them in the laundry room. But if you do have a place for suitcases, don't put them in the laundry room. Um, I, I, I think that stacking is a good idea. If that's not really possible because you want to um, have a larger machine, tof. build shelves above, um, see if you can install a hanging rack, not just like a single line, but a rack would, is nice. Um, it's nice when they're hanging or foldable from the wall. Um, so then you can either hang clothes on hangers on the rack, or you can just hang the clothes directly over the rack. Um, you want to have shelves with room for detergent, um, extra washing supplies. A lot of my clients keep their extra supplies, like extra cleaning supplies there instead of under the sink because then it's like pretty much out of the kid's way. Um, some things that I've seen that are really cool is um, adding a fan to the room so that you have extra ventilation. So if you want to line dry your clothes, they'll dry faster, like a ceiling fan. Um, another thing is like really good lighting because, you know, sometimes you wash like the same sock like 16 times because it <laughs> it got stuck in the back of the washer. If you have good lighting, then um, I think that that totally, um, that really, really helps the situation. Um, so yeah, that's what I think about laundry. If you send me a picture on email of your space, um, I can give you a better description and I'll um, send you an email back personally with my opinions. Um, the lady who talked to me about the laundry room also wanted me to mention, and I agree with this, um, about kids and electronic devices. Um, allowing them to sit in front of devices all day is totally not good. Um, we actually have an app on a, installed on all of our devices, well, for our kids. Um, and it monitors exactly where they go and it monitors their time. So each child logs in, it's called screen time. Um, each child logs in to like, let's say the computer and they have their own password and they get a certain amount of a lot of time and we can see exactly what they, what they are doing online and we get tracking information and, 
Um, we don't want them to waste all of their time on their devices. We personally think it's okay to have some time. Um, and also my older kids, uh, my older son does homework on, he has sometimes assignments from school, um, like to make a presentation or to write something or, so he sometimes needs it. So we, we make it accordingly. Actually, um, my oldest son is, even though he's only 10, he's already starting his bar mitzvah lessons because in our shul, they allow boys to start do the haftorah before their bar mitzvah if their fathers make the bracha for them. And I figured, hey, my son's super interested in learning his parsha. Like, I should pounce on this. Um, but his teacher wants him to um, have a voice recording to, so that he can practice. And we have very strict limits on his phone because we don't want him to use the phone all the time. So we had to allow you know, this extra time when we know he's with his tutor and he'll be with his tutor. But, you know, we want to try to encourage other activities and we don't want kids to waste their time. So um, I think that was a really great point, um, but I highly recommend the Screen Time app. Um, there's also another app called... Um, hmm, Our Pact. And um, that's also a good one. O-U-R-P-A-C-T. Um, if you're looking, you can compare the two. Um, okay. Shawnee called me and says, um, in Rockland County, there's a place called Kupat Ezra where you can give away clothing, um, toys or whatever. All the money goes to tzedakah and they recycle whatever they can't sell. Um, she says she knows that there's also a place in Lakewood, but she doesn't know the name. So thank you so much, Shani, for that, because it's super great to be able to support um, Jewish organizations. Um, Bracha called me and said she has a problem with kids' clothes. Um, oh, no, she doesn't have a problem with kids' clothes. I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Um, she said I should point out, um, which I thought that I did, but maybe I didn't, um, that sometimes when she opens the boxes of the clothing that she saved a few years later, she realizes like it looks more shabby than she thought, or um, sometimes she just thinks it's out of fashion. And, and I agree, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I said that at some point, but um, if I didn't, I totally agree. Um, when we hold on to those things in our house, uh, we take up space, the physical space. We take up the mental space, but also we're denying somebody else the chance to use what we have. And a lot of times that's our friend, that's our neighbor who needs our clothes. And we feel like oh, Hashem's never gonna give that back to me, but Hashem will always give you what you need. So I'm very much of the pass it on, it will come back to you. You know, like that saying, um, when you love somebody, set them free. And if they love you back, they'll return to you. Or Mashuka says something like that. I can't remember exactly how it goes. Um, this is exactly what um, I thought I was trying to say. <laughs> I guess I didn't convey the message clearly enough. Um, but yes, I actually think that that's a great idea. Just pass it on. Save the bare minimum if you must and pass on the rest. Um, she also told me that, oh, somebody else told me that, um, she has a problem with her husband buying things, duplicate things. I'm going to need a little bit more information. Why is her husband 
buying these things? Is he buying them because she mentioned a, a, some sort of pump? You have an electric pump and a manual pump. Is he buying the electric pump because he can't find the manual pump? Or did he buy the electric pump because the manual pump was too hard to use? Or like, what's the motivation behind the purchasing? If it's because the item that you have isn't really working up to your standards, then okay, buy a new one, but get rid of the old one because you don't really like it. Um, if you're buying because you feel the need to buy, Mm -mm, that's not good. Um, it really de it depends. It <laughs> um, listen. Stores do a lot of research on how to make people buy things. I try to go into the store as little as like store besides for the grocery store, and even the grocery store does this too. Um, you know, they play the music that will entice you to shop more or they offer free samples so that you're not hungry or that you are hungry or that you really want to buy their things or they stuff oxygen in so that you don't sort of notice how the time goes and you can breathe easier and it's a pleasant experience. And they do all these things to make the shopping experience more um, comfortable, exciting. I, I don't really know uh, what the word is here, but... Um, Call me back and tell me why he's buying. What is the rationale behind the, the purchasing? And then we can, I can better give you a solution. Um, but she did say that, she also said that her mom likes to buy her clothing and it's not always her taste. And then the clothing, she can't do the one in one out rule because she hasn't really replaced anything and the clothing just sort of sits there. Um, I would say, Ask your mom. Okay, I would probably just tell my mom, oh, it's a little bit tight, even if it's not. Can I have the receipt and can I exchange it? <laughs> That's what I would do. Um, if you can't do that, um, then you don't really have a lot of choice. All you can do is accept it with a smile, say thank you, and then donate it. Wait a few weeks, um, maybe wear it once when she's around, but you got to let it go if it doesn't bring you happiness and if it doesn't fill your, fulfill your needs. Like, you need your needs to be met from your things. Your things have to work for you. When you start working for your things, that, that really becomes a problem. Maybe you could have a conversation with your mom when you actually need something. Say, Mommy, thanks so much. I'm so appreciative of the things that you bought me. Right now, I really only need a black shirt. I don't really love the pattern shirt so much. Could you please exchange it for a black one for me? Because that's something that I really need. Or whatever. I think sometimes when we're open with people, even if, if theoretically, I know I'm going to get pushback on saying this, so I'm trying to be careful, but I try to really be honest with people. Um, if people ask me what they can bring to me, um, hold on, let me back up. There's a really great book called The Five Love Languages. And um, what I learned about this book is that my love language is touch and my husband's love language is a, a, a f words of appreciation. Uh, no, it's, um, I don't remember exactly how they phrase it in the book, but it's like actionable items. Like he feels love when I um, help him do things. Um, like around the house or, you know, when I take care of more things, that makes him feel love. 
Um, but there is a love language where people feel love through gifts and they want to receive gifts and so they think that other people want to receive gifts too. Um, so I think that yes, it's true, that's her love language. But if she wants to give you a gift, that's amazing. Take the gift, but be specific with your needs then. Say, I really need X, Y, and Z. When you're shopping, do you think you could buy me only this? Actually, my mother-in-law is like that, and she tends to send my kids a lot of things she thinks that they will like, but they don't always like it. A lot of it's not, in, not really great stuff. Um, and they don't really need it, so it doesn't really actually get used. Um, so I said to her, I so appreciate what you're doing, and I really, really am grateful, but here's a list of the things we actually need. Would you mind getting those things? And she was like, hey, that's great. I, I'm happy to get you exactly what you need. I never know what you need. So I do think that there's, if your relationship can deal with it, I think there's something to be said for honesty. If you don't think that that's the best way to deal with it, then accept the gift, say thank you, and donate it. <laughs> um, so, ladies, this is a kind of a long session already. Um, I hope that you all leave me um, voicemails, because I love hearing from you. And I hope that I've addressed all your issues. I really, 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 really want to see, hear, hear about, see in an email, all of your time logs, two days, just two days, please, please, please track your time. Um, I really, really, really want to know where your holdups are. Um, I want to just tell you guys that I actually charge $70 an hour to have a coaching session online. So if you send me in a picture of, I mean, if you send me in like a, a detail email of your time, like what, how you spent your time, or if you read it to me over voicemail, you're getting like a free session. <laughs> I'll give you like a little mini session, you know, so everybody can hear, I won't say your name, but um, I can use you as an example and you'll get the actual tips and tools to help you. So um, let me hear how you spend your day and where your hangups are and where your struggles are and how you're imagining actually spending your day. I, I really wanna hear that. Um, I wanna just remind you, like I said, um, we're having this amazing summit with Hinda and Feggy and Rina and I really hope that you guys can all listen and I would love to hear your feedback about my special Shavuot talk. Um, in the meantime, keep the voicemails coming, ladies. I love hearing from you. I love talking to you. Um, I, I, I want to know what, what your problems are. Um, so, remember, on this journey to organization, Hashem keeps me organized. Fake it till you make it, as they say, ladies. Repeat it till you believe it. Hashem keeps me organized. Hashem keeps me organized. And eventually it will take root in your brain and you'll mean it. Um, I'm wishing all of you a very, very Chag Sameach. Um, I hope that your Shavuot is spiritually uplifting. I hope that I can help with that when you listen to my talk. Um, it's free and there's a lot of bonus gifts that you can get with it. And the beauty of the bonus gifts is that they won't clutter up your house. 
<laughs> so, um, Tov, Yalla. Have a great and successful week uh, and a happy Chag. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing from all of you. Uh, I will speak to you soon. Good luck on your journey this week, ladies. <laughs>